Greetings, adventurers, and welcome, welcome back to another episode of a game called Quest. I'm Rose, your friendly neighborhood game master slash guide. It's a pleasure to have you joining us this Tuesday. One quick announcement before we get started, and that is that we are slowly inching closer and closer to 200 followers on Twitter. And when we reach that, we're going to do a giveaway. It's going to be a t-shirt or a sweatshirt that's going to say roll for awkward and have a d20 on it. If you're interested in that, tweet about our show and let your friends know so that we can all find each other and live happily in this beautiful nerd universe. We are so glad to have you guys out there. We've almost reached 2,000 listens, which is really, really exciting and really, really freaky to imagine that there are about 150 people listening per episode. But we are so excited to be learning about podcasting and role-playing with all of you all. That's all I've got for today. Thanks so much. Enjoy the episode. So our story continues right from where it left off. And we start with a moment of peering into the hypnotized eyes of a mysterious bestial canine. Definitely, we pan from the bushes behind it through the dark leaves as the night has fallen, spooking up along the ground and easing up this its back over its forehead and grizzled ears. And then we take a moment to kind of look at the mirror of four slightly confused individuals in its glassy orbs of eyes. What is the expression slash experience that each of you are having as the glassy effect and hypnotized look in the dog werewolf creature's eyes starts to fade? Gray definitely has a moment of, whoa, that was, that was pretty cool. I did that. Oh, I should figure out how to do that again. Uh, and he's he's actually struggling a little bit with his uh, his abilities to figure out what he had done specifically to get that to work the first time. <laughs> you think back to the character sheet, and then and the and Quest has these little like cutout cards that you can get that have all of your abilities on them. Uh, but Gray wasn't prepared enough to have all of the materials. So you just like you're just thinking back, trying to remember off of the top of your head what your abilities are. Yeah, he definitely skimmed through the entire the entire rule book, but didn't maintain didn't like didn't maintain any of it. <laughs> exactly. That's relatable. That's like me every day. Anybody else have anything specifically prepared for what they want to do when this creature awakens? Guys, I think I can. Uh, I, I I think I can speak to it. Uh, I, I mean, I I spoke to Talon, so I think I can speak to this thing if it's a real animal. Sure, go ahead and speak to it, my dude. So right now it's sort of like lying down, licking its paws. But the creature is a wide-shouldered, dog-like werewolf with kind of matted and gray and brown white fur caked with mud and wide, like, a huge mouth that you can see it's got, like, sharp teeth, fangs kind of poking up even as it's relaxed and, like, just lapping its paws. So it is not a friendly creature, uh, but um, right, like I said, it's it's still it's still pretty sedated. It's but it is coming back. 
You also notice it has on the back of its neck, it has a place where the fur has been shaved away and it has a, a mark of like a like a crown branded on the side of its neck. Mm, that's interesting. Uh, Elise, you are the strongest in the group, most likely to be able to take this thing on if it if it attacks when it comes back. Is there anything that you want to do to prepare for this moment? I would like to inspect the mark and see if I recognize it from anything. Go ahead and make a roll. Let's see if you can remember. If you can uh, search through Elise's memories. Okay. Die. Wait. D20 roll. Here we go. All right. I got a three. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Time to get hot. Oh, dear. Um, So a three is a fail. Yeah, that's what a three is. Um, (laughs) Let me double check on that. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fail. Okay, so um, unfortunately, this means you fail your intended action and uh, face a setback of the guide's choice. That's me. I'm the guide. Um, So I think what happens is just as you're going to inspect this symbol, the effect wears off. And uh, the creature immediately feel like you reach out to touch the symbol and the creature immediately rears back. It doesn't take an attack on you, but it just like uh, immediately does that thing that it did earlier where it just jumps up to the nearest high surface that it can and is now skulking on a tree branch, kind of growling and its eyes are narrowed and you can see its teeth are bared as it stares down at the four of you. Bared? I thought it was a wolf. <laughs> ah! I quit. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. We're in game three? God. <sighs> Maya is officially gonzo. Maya's... You just killed Maya with that pun. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do? I would like to go up and, and try to... M- so we damaged the creature, yes? Actually, I don't think that you did. We didn't? We just did we just knock it unconscious? You just you just put it in a weird trance. Yeah, we just put it into a puppy. Okay. So, <laughs> you just turned the werewolf into a puppy for a short period of time. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna modulate it and make sure that it feels really comfortable, you know? Okay. Yeah, do I need to do a roll for that? I I don't think so. You do ha- do you have to expend points for that? Yeah. Make sure you write down that. Um and ev- describe to everyone what they see. I think this is the first time that we're really seeing I mean we saw you put some people to sleep before, but like we're seeing a new side of Dr. Turtle's powers, I think. So what does that look like? Yeah, so it's like a little, you know how uh like sound waves look like I just open my mouth and go like, and then it just starts <laughs> sound waving towards a little monster dude there. 
uh, and it it makes them uh, the creature feel very relaxed. Just automatically. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, it was previously perhaps fearing for its life. And now it is no lo- longer as scared anymore. But it is still a somewhat, somewhat on guard or somewhat predatory towards you. So I think it kind of like it gracefully leaps down basically flawlessly with with complete control off of this branch like almost cat-like in the way that it lands even with its wide haunches it is very graceful and it takes a few steps in a sort of circular motion around the sides of your group and its growl it's no longer sounding like it's no longer on the attack um, but it it does still seem a little bit on guard. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna look at it and be like, uh, I'm I'm gonna grab out a, a little. I'm gonna take a little beef jerky snack out of my my uh, fanny pack. Of course, and I'm gonna be are. like, relax, dude. Sit. Does that does that do anything? Um, it does not. No commands of that nature but uh, do you drop the jerky or do you just hold on to the jerky uh i'm i'm gonna hold on to it okay it sees it and it sort of does like a but it's it's not like it's not like a cute little sniff it's like a deep guttural breath and okay, you can gonna... feel the heat from its nose coming back towards you as it sort of starts to take a few slow steps in the direction of the jerky. Okay, then I'll I'll toss it to it and be like, this one's for free. Awesome. Its jaw drops wider than you probably would have imagined, almost as if it's coming unhinged, and it swallows the jerky in one bite. Ugh. That's a good boy. Yeah. You guys. (laughs) I love this. Okay. So it, it, um, at that point, I do think it, it kind of like, it just sits for a second staring at you, waiting for more. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I think I, I think I got this guys. I think I'm, I think it's my time. (laughs) Jaw man. I'm going to try to, uh, I'm going to do like the, like Jurassic World thing and be like, uh, like, you know, sort of hold my hands out as I walk up to it and, um, uh, see if I can lay my hand on it before it tries to attack me. Oh, definitely make a roll for that. I think. Oh boy. Ooh, 18. How come he gets to pet him and I don't? (laughs) You want to try? At least, well, you know, still, um... Oh, God, what's her human name? Jesus, did I forget my own human name? <laughs> I did. Zuri. Go ahead and make Zuri. a roll to see if you can remember. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Your name is Zuri. <laughs> yeah, right. you're not far enough into So that. I'm still Zuri. Um, yeah. So, like, Zuri and Nilsa's body. Zuri's like, but I want to pet it. I've never had a dog, and I've always wanted a dog. And now there is one, you know, close enough right next to me, and I'm just wondering, is it okay if I pet it a little bit? Hold on, hold on, hold on. You might spook it. 
You're right, I already messed it up once. But if you get it to calm down, can I pet it after you? So I'm asking. I want to see what kind of rug it feels like. Is it a Russian? Mm. Is it American? Is it soft? Or is it rough? I just want to know. I'm just curious. Okay, carry on. I don't know. I feel like the real issue here was that Mr. Turtle over here had jerky and he was holding out on us. <gasps> that is true! He didn't share his jerky and I've been hungry this entire time and depressed and he didn't even care about us. You want some jerky? Do you have more? Shaw, man. I got all types. Well, Sean, and of course we want some jerky. What do you think? We've been doing nothing but the adventuring. We haven't eaten anything. Not that the DM cares about that, you know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what happens, uh, what happens when you, uh, Thorn slash Zach, when you lay your hands on, on the, on the creature? I immediately try to use uh, Speak with Animal. Awesome. Go ahead and talk to me about that. So if it's... if Well, okay, so we've, ta- we've done this before, but uh, I got to point out now that I'm actually reading the rules that it has to be not hostile towards me. So I was sort of waiting for the right moment to try to do this. Um, so if it's, if it's still hostile, it's not going to work. If it is, if it's calmed down, it might work. And then I can talk to it telepathically for the next minute. I think after the jerky, I believe that it would, it was just sitting waiting for more food. So I think that it wouldn't have been hostile in that moment. I do think that when you touch it, it does kind of like rear back nervously a little bit, take a few steps back uh, and you hear, don't come any closer. No, I, uh, I won't. I won't. Uh, I just wanted to, uh, I had to feel what your fur felt like for my friend here. Uh, she wanted to know if you felt like a rug, but you know, your, your fur is, uh, uh, I'm not a rug. Yeah, I know. I shouldn't have said that. Um, hey, bud, look, we don't really want to fight you. <laughs> what is it like? You stopped saying it. What does he feel like? What does his fur feel like? Tell me. Sorry, sorry. Don't need to bother you. I'm just, you know, I, I'm just, just curious. <laughs> it just bears its teeth at you. I'll tell you later. Okay, so listen, um... I don't think we were going to fight you. Uh, I think I think it's all peaceful here now that your now that your guys aren't uh, trying to kill us. So so why don't we why don't we try to make peace and then um, and then you can just uh, maybe tell us a little bit uh, stuff and then maybe you can get out of here. What do you think? I just want you to know that I give great head scratches. I don't know if you're interested, but I give great head scratches. You know that spot you can't reach. I can reach it for you. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Carry on. Uh, the dog cannot understand anybody <laughs> except for <laughs> except for Zach, oh, unfortunately. Um, I, my friend, my friend's trying to say that she wants to give you pets, uh, but I don't know if you're really down for that. No uh, touching. No touching. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Zuri. He says no touchy. Nobody in this group cares about me. Not even a random wolf. It's fine. I can't ever get any physical affection anywhere. And then Zuri just kind of like walks a couple steps away just to like whine a little bit. That's all. I love Zuri. (laughs) Okay, what does it actually look like as you speak to animals from another person's perspective? Oh, that's a good question. Do you speak the animal's language? No, because it's telepathic. So I think... um... 
But I think that what you would visually see is like, uh, like the facial expressions that, um, yeah, the, it, it would be like you would see, uh, like as he's talking in his head, you know, his like eyebrows and like face sort of moving as he's, uh, as his face is sort of representing what he's saying in his head, but nobody's, nobody's hearing it. And then, you know, the wolf is probably the same way. Like, you know, he's like growling and snarling and stuff, but I hear the, the words. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, so when you, after, a, what did you ask him specifically? Uh, if we could make peace, generally speaking, if we could make peace and uh, maybe he could tell us something and then we'd let him go. Yeah, uh, he he doesn't seem angry at the idea of not fighting, but he does just kind of, he like, uh, he, he takes a few steps back, kind of like his head goes low. His ears don't go back or anything like that. He's not like, not in a attacking kind of way, but he kind of just growls hungry. And that is where we're going to go to commercial. Hey dudes, Dr. Turtle here. It's time to surf over to this week's spotlight. Tidebreaker, developed by Nick Butler, is a cinematic action tabletop RPG system that lets you step into the role of hyper-competent heroes and explore worlds that your group creates together from the ground up. A classless but extremely classy game, Tidebreaker uses dramatic mechanics like hope, and doom as resources that players can use to create their ideal action-packed experience. The game is super flexible and can be tailored the way that you would like to tailor it. Tidebreaker is specifically geared towards collaborative and creative world building and sharing your own inventions within the community. If you are looking for a fun way to live out your anime action movie fantasy, this is the game for you. So surf on over to TidebreakerRPG.com Catch a wave, dudes! Hi, it's me, Rose, your friendly neighborhood guide. I'm here to tell you about a fun new piece of news. This podcast is now part of the Audible Podcast Affiliate Program. Audible is an amazing way to find access to tons of great books. If you think about it, audiobooks are really the original podcasts. In the ancient days of the 90s and the early 2000s, before Spotify and Stitcher and Apple Podcasts, there were cassette tapes of Lord of the Rings and CDs of Stephen King novels. In modern times, we have to get a bit more creative with our audiobooks, and that's why there's Audible. There are also so many ways to support queer writers and writers of color by downloading their books. Here is a few fantasy or sci-fi suggestions that we'd like to offer. The Priority of the Orange Tree by Samantha Shannon. Considered by some to be the best epic fantasy book since Game of Thrones. 
Hazel and Gray by Nick Stone, which is an African-American retelling of Hansel and Gretel, the New York Times bestseller of Blood and Bone by Nora Roberts, and Gideon the Ninth by Tamsin Noor, a story about a lesbian space necromancer. Hazel and Gray and The Priority of the Orange Tree are both Audible exclusives. You can get a free one-month Audible trial by visiting www.audibletrial.com slash a game called quest. That trial includes one token to get a free audiobook. So if any of those sound interesting to you, now's your chance. Get the joy of listening to great fantasy stories without the frustration of having to wait for the next podcast episode. Try Audible. And now back to the game. But he kind of just growls, hungry. I think I think maybe I can help you with that. Uh, my my bird is out hunting for us right now, and maybe she'll bring you back a snack if you cooperate with us. He sits. <laughs> That's a good boy. I mean, I mean, thank you. Not a not a boy. Not, not a, a good boy. Not a good boy. Okay. <laughs> I'll I'll try to stop patronizing you. It's just where we come from, we like to patronize animals. <laughs> he doesn't say anything, but you see a bit of confusion furrow in his eyebrows. No one else can see it because they can't speak with it. Like it's it's a very human expression, but only you see it. Mm-hmm. His eyebrows furrow when you say the word patronize. Oh, I, sorry. Uh, <laughs> where I come from, we like to treat all wolves and doggies like good boys but we understand you not good boy you you strong bad boy (laughs) (laughs) wait wait i just want to clarify are we hearing any of these words or are we just seeing the expressions right now do we can we hear him it just looks like he's thinking (laughs) good boy (laughs) please i think that go ahead and make a roll to not accidentally say that out loud Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you just accidentally say that out loud. I'm just excited. Oh, I rolled a five. I rolled a five, so. Okay, excellent. So you, you, everybody hears you say that whole thing about uh, being a, being a bad boy. (laughs) Wait a second. Did I say that out loud? Oh, crap. And I turn, I turn and look at everybody. Oh, this, uh, during this time, since, uh, Gray has been trying to remember exactly how, because uh, how he put together the different illusions that he had done uh, just a little earlier, because he kind of did it in, in the heat of the moment, and so he's like thinking back on everything he he looked at in the book, and he remembers one of his favorite lines from the rule book, and he goes, "Oh right, uh." Maybe a dog confused about whether he is a good boy. And he he throws his arm out like Spider-Man. And you just see a an awkward like single thread tendril from his from his hand come out. Uh I'd like to I'm so sorry, everybody. I'd like to bamboozle the wolf because there's specifically a line in the rule book that I loved that is um, the, for right, this movie, you've got to be kidding me. 
You make a nearby creature mildly confused about a specific subject until you leave the area. For example, you could make a merchant confused about the value of their goods, a guard confused about who is authorized to pass, or a dog confused about whether he is a good boy. Oh my god! And I feel like if I pass up this opportunity, I would not be doing this game justice. <laughs> Thank you, Brett. Thank you so much. I mean, I think we definitely like see a little, um, like if this was a movie, we would see a thought bubble floating by the side of your head that just flips the pages of this book and highlights that one line. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to make this wolf confused about whether he is in fact a good boy. Do you have to roll or anything? I don't know. Nope. Okay, make sure you make sure you um, mark off those points. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sits down, the wolf, and then the spider web just like kind of co- connects with his face, and then kind of dissolves like into the ether, the magic ether, basically. And for a, for a second, when the spider web disappears, his eyes have crossed, and then when he looks back and and Zach you just hear good boy bad boy <laughs> and this giant goliath of a creature stands up from where it was sitting and sits down with every thought good boy he sits down stands up bad boy <laughs> <laughs> and this continues Zuri's just like look like looking over from like the distance, glaring, but also like breathing kinda heavy because she's so jealous right now that she can't be close. Like and she's just seeing this puppy like go up and down and she's just like freaking out because everything in her wants to pet this animal and she can't. So she's just glaring at the situation, basically. I mean you are very dexterous. You're in a very dexterous body. You could probably sneak a pet. But he said no touch. I can't. <laughs> Gray, what did you do? He's just saying good boy, bad boy. Oh, yeah. So um, I remembered how to do the thing. And Gray shows the Spider-Man arm motion again. So now, now he's trying. He's Go ahead and make a roll to not accidentally do it again. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, we're all we're rolling rolling real well today. I got a five. All right. Uh, what is what is that confused about? So we were just figuring out what was happening. You were confused about who you were talking to. You're you're not sure why you were telling uh, Gray he was a good boy. Uh, um. <laughs> God, watch where you point your hand. I, Gray, why are you a good boy? I mean, no, why? Why is Zuri a bad boy? No, what? What is going on? Why are you messing with my head? <laughs> Offended, like, excuse me, did you just say that I'm a bad boy? I, I don't know why I told the wolf that he is. No, what? I don't. Why am I so confused? Why am I so confused? Gray, why are you a wolf? I mean, why are you... Oh, God. Oh, oops. 
I think when this confusion kind of dissolves, you turn and the wolf is gone. We did it. I oh, see so you got it. Oh, God. <laughs> Unfortunately, you did miss the opportunity to ask questions to me. <laughs> Because you decided to bamboozle it instead. I'm so sorry. Brad, you owe me an adventure point. Do you hear me? You better give me one of your adventure points. I will fight you. <laughs> Look, it's not my fault. That's how the rule book is written. You did succeed in navigating the obstacle of an angry wolf. And therefore you get the reward of two adventure points each. Hooray. <laughs> uh, but do make sure that you marked off both of those spendi- those both of those expenditures, Brett slash Yusolga. Oh, of course. And the the four of you continue back. Uh, if you remember, you were making your way to a hollowed out tree that Zori had somehow managed to luckily and expertly find as this massive hulking tree. This wide, ancient trunk that stretches up. The leaves are high enough that, you know, you could you can barely even see them. They're so high up in the sky. Uh, and the branches stretch out in all directions. And it just happens to be unoccupied. It must have been somebody's home. When you go inside, you can see there are, you know, some etchings in the uh, in the walls and that kind of thing. But it's this large kind of lovely little cozy spot so i think let's get a montage of our newly crowned adventurers (laughs) newly born adventurers trying to get settled in to sleep in a tree everybody give me at least one or two things that your character either is super comfortable with or struggles with something along those lines Let's let's start with uh, with Dr. Turtle, because we haven't heard from Dr. Turtle in a little while. Yeah. So um, Dr. Turtle just kind of unfolds a little afghan on their back, just kind of lets it hang. And uh, it, it's just like, you know, floating just above a tree branch. Uh, they're used to. Uh, sleeping in lots of places because of their galactic travel. So they conk out immediately and they are a large snorer. <laughs> Wait, so you're not even in the tree. You're like on a branch. Yeah, on a branch in the tree. Right? Yeah, that, that can be it's a, a thing. Well, it's a hollowed out tree. I think that's why Rose is confused. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just like outside the tree. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are all walking up to the entrance of the tree and Zori's showing the way very excitedly. When Dr. Turtle just falls asleep. <laughs> yep. Do you sleep floating? I do. <laughs> I love that. Like a horse, if horses could float. I remember from last time, we said this was a very cold night. And Zach remembers that uh, Turtle is cold-blooded. So I'm actually going to grab Turtle and bring them inside. Because I don't want them to actually freeze to death. Because since they're so tired, they fell asleep outside. That's very thoughtful. I got the Afghan. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, thank you. And uh, I think we lost our fire as well. And I know last time Thorn was like, Zach was like, I don't think Thorn really knows much about fire, but he's going to try to 
uh, make a fire anyway. I think I'm just going to do like a, a roll and see if I can do it. I think that that makes sense. My dice gets really excited and wants to go off. Ooh, 11. Is that a tough choice? Um, no, that's actually a success. 11 is the first number of success. Oh, okay. So basically, cool. uh, you managed to accomplish that. Luckily, that is successful because you're setting up a fire inside of a tree. Yeah, no, but but I, I'm tapping into Thorne's knowledge of how to do things in the wild. And uh, I'm like, oh, uh, I guess Thorne does know how to make fire. Um, and yeah, I do it like right in the middle of this hollowed out tree. So it's not going to really catch fire and it's going to go up through the hollow core and it's not going to catch anything up top on fire. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, uh, I start a fire and I wait for Talon to return. Um, I, I think toward, uh, like as you're finishing setting up the fires, you do hear, uh, the, the squawking of Talon as she soars, uh, down. You hear like, kind of like an awkward scratching as she like nearly hits the side of the tree but then just ends up scraping it with her talons on the outside and then she uh you see her land outside of the entrance and like waddle in on both on both uh talons trying to be respectful not fly around (laughs) hey girl did you catch anything go ahead and make a roll (laughs) Ooh, 16 all right, yeah, she drops a, um, she's a big bird, right? So she drops, okay, let's say she drops two bunny rabbits, one from each talon. Uh, that's, that's good. you did a good job. Come here. And I give her a little, uh, like, scratch under her feathers or something like that. You could swear she purrs, even though birds don't purr. She lets out, like, a little, ha. <laughs> All right, uh, what about Azuri and Gray? Well, Gray's having some trouble finding a comfortable position in this hollowed-out tree. You see him lie down on his side on the ground. Well, on the, I guess, yeah, on the floor of the space. And he just kind of fidgets and moves around. In, in desperation, he tries to fall asleep the way that he normally would. So he places his palm out in front of him. He uses a magic trick to uh, produce some light blue light coming out from the palm of his hand as he lies on his side. But it's not quite the same as being on social media on your phone as you fall asleep. <laughs> so he can't. He's having trouble. He sits up. He remembers uh, a little bit more about what he can do, and he figures that, well, at least uh, if I can't get some good sleep, like, why can't everybody else, you know? And uh, I'd like to I'd like to use Ren's delightful dream uh, on all other members of the group. Can you uh, hold on to that for just a minute longer, and then when everybody falls asleep, you can use that? It, sure. It, it won't. It won't actually happen until they fall asleep. Like it's a hey. The next okay. time you do fall okay. asleep, this will Never happen. Mind. Talk about it. So it's uh, yeah. The next time that the the target falls asleep, they experience 
a deeply comforting dream. They wake up feeling beloved and forget all of their grudges for the next week. That is so pure. Right? I was like, I saw that in there. I was like, I don't know when I'm ever going to use this, but how can I not? How can I not take this? Dr. Turtle, you, what, what is Dr. Turtle immediately starts dreaming? What do you dream of? I guess just, you know, just floating on those galactic waves, my dude. Just surfing through the stars with my, with Dad Turtle and all of the rest of the the turtle group. You dream of your pod? Yeah. Oh. And all right. Lastly, but certainly not least, let's jump over to Zori. So Zori's kind of like <laughs> she's trying to be all cool about things that she's like not affected by this, but she's kind of sad that she found this like hollowed out space, and she was really excited because she's never um, had a sleepover before. Um, her parents are pretty strict, so she got super excited even though they're in this different world. She's And she's kind of scared. She's kind of like freaked out, but she doesn't want to admit it. So she's kind of like, she was hoping to have this time for like all four of them to be like kind of huddled together in this like little hollowed out branch. And she was so excited. And then she just like looks around and sees what like the other guys are doing. And she's like, okay. <laughs> like She's just like, okay, they're not on the same page. And so she's a little sad about it. Um, and then she like can't help but be like, oh, but if Maya was here, she'd be she'd be here with me in this like little hollowed out tree. And uh, she's like thinking about this and she's getting a little sad, but she like shakes it off and she's like, no, it's okay, I'll find her, so it's okay. Doesn't matter, I'll find her. And then she like, you know, is wearing like all this armor and she like looks down and she's like, wait a minute. <laughs> she's like, wait, I'm supposed to go to sleep in this? She like murmurs a little bit under her breath and she's like really uncomfortable, but she's like trying to take it off, but she can't figure out how oh, to take it off. so sweet. She's like, she, <laughs> she's like, she's like, what am I gonna do? Like she doesn't even have like a nightgown or something that she can slip into. So she like tugs at that a little bit. She like sighs pretty heavily. And then she just kind of like uncomfortably settles somewhere in the like hollowed out tree, like in the corner. Um, and she just looks up. Um, and then she looks around and she like starts wishing that she had someone like Talon too to like keep her company. And then she starts drifting off to sleep and when she, when she finally falls asleep, uh, she actually dreams of her little brother who likes to play with like tea sets and they would have like little tea parties together. So she has a dream where they're like sitting around a little table uh, having a tea party and Maya is there and there's a little daffodil or dandelion in the middle of the table. And that's where we're going to end our episode. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of A Game Called Quest. A Game Called Quest is an actual play audio drama podcast of the tabletop role-playing game Quest by T.C. Sadik. It's a collaborative role-playing storytelling experience where we work together to create a fun and nerdy time that we then share with all of you. This is made possible by the four amazing artists, Sue, Manny, Brett, and Ben, my amazing co-editor, Sean, and myself as the producer and game master. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please, please, please leave us an iTunes review or a tweet about us. Thanks so much for adventuring with us. We'll see you next time on A Game Called Quest.